0: I have been listening to some hip hop versions of medieval music and I will say it makes me disappointed every time <laughs> I come into this show and hear the music because I'm like, they should have got that guy.
1: You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless.
0: Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for another episode of Bridgerton this is season one episode four an affair of honor written by abby mcdonald directed by sheree folkson who worked on ugly betty and something called the decoy bride i gave this episode an eight out of ten mostly because i like the colorful palette that this show represents there's a little bit of realism in there with the continuation of outfits and styles but they do try to find another way to enhance the rather glutton time period of the Georgians or the Regency period whichever you want to call it I really like what they're doing with the cinematography and that is about 50 percent of this show for me and the rest is the storylines it's not that i don't like them it's just i am much more fascinated or i should say equally well maybe i should say 60 40 of the time period and the the types of things that are a part of that glamorous time period for better or worse I find myself wrapped up in that a little bit more than I do the actual storylines. So I will not do a scene by scene. I kind of just wrote some notes by character mostly in this episode. So we'll start with Daphne and Frederick. They begin their courtship in earnest with him immediately inviting her to the palace and presenting her with some noise ass bling bling he's also got the full support of queen hairline who wants to be the one to announce and be the the, the factor of the match of the season because that's what old matriarchs really that was their i guess their recognition piece in, in the next phase of their life after the debutante and then you're married then you have the children you present the heir and then your only significance at that point in time is to successfully set up a match for your children surprise but she doesn't have any children with the king or oh, no she does yeah because uh isn't prince george the third he was fat and disgusting and very much a sexaholic but that is neither here nor there <laughs> she does not have much in which to look forward to most days, and Lady Whistledown is stealing her thunder, so she feels she needs to steal it back by presenting this very successful match. Very surprisingly, Frederick and Daphne have many things in common, have aligned interests for the future, and despite her probably being comfortable with this match she's still very much in love with Simon who she makes hard eyes at at every opportunity that she can but I will say both Frederick and Daphne look like marble statues of beauty which means they'll breed pretty babies and then she'll be uh, also be a part of royalty which is why uh what is her name i always forget the matriarch of daphne's mother's name i don't know why it is but i like her but don't like her <laughs> and, I, and i don't know why i'm putting my finger on it because she's just a she is a um, speaker of the times and it's clear that this is a loving family which is rather rare however she does I don't know, I don't know what it is. She clearly though wants the match, she wants to be successful, but I guess who wouldn't want to be a part of royalty? Maybe I'm just judging her too harshly for some reason. But this is all, you know, a big conundrum for the pretty blue-eyed, blonde-hair, small-chested, no-ass, 18-year-old, noble who is also very wealthy. yes I know that sounded harsh but there is a method to my madness it has to be said though that these novels all of the harlequin romance novels are certainly through one lens and that is of the um of the variation of a young debutante who is blonde hair blue eyed every once in a while there'll be ones with arthur's that are you know, she's redheaded and Irish or, you know, she's not the pretty prop up of society of that time. I've read those two and it usually reflects the author itself. (laughs) And some want to be that centerpiece, that diamond. What I'm trying to say is these books are written to be lived vicariously through the authors that write them. And it makes for a certain type of domination in in that type of fiction we should have more romance novels in which an african-american woman is the center of such a conundrum because if that's the only place you're ever gonna see it and you're just not gonna see it in reality why should we not be seeing it more in fantasy we should be running out there with our ideas to these hot printing presses because let me tell you something right now i'd laugh that shit up i'd be back in the regency harlequin romances and a hard ass beat that is maybe i should start doing something <laughs> about trying to get the curve in that in that particular niche because man i could not help but think i wish this was the conundrum i was in a, a hot sexy duke and uh, a beautiful prince and one also happens to be chocolate just milky way delish freaking brownie fudge just all the delicious things you want to put in your mouth and the other one ain't bad he he two scoops of vanilla got a little bit of bean i know i say this every podcast like oh my god i should write this i should write that and it is 2021 and i'm supposed to i have that on my list is on in stenciled form on my list on my wall of shit I have to do this year and I need to start getting something for energy because that is my biggest issue right now if anyone has any ideas jump in my dms but I have to do something regarding my energy level maybe I'll try that supplement that I saw online I'm usually not a big fan of taking pills for for situations but I I have to drive through and I get just I get so distracted I don't know if it's ADHD um it might be a little bit of that not clinically but certainly once a YouTube video drops or for some reason I'll just get caught up in playing words with friends and I look up and like two hours pass I'm like what the fuck happened all I did was huh (laughs) but writing is definitely the last thing on that list to be done and it's so sad because i bought a new keyboard and everything that i like clicking on because it makes the sound that completely um, makes me feel good and it's a weird thing i know but um man there's nothing like the sound of a nicely sharp keyboard (laughs) i don't know what that says about me but we all have our things. At least it's not heroin. Moving back into this episode. What I was trying to say is. We need to get on this ladies. Black ladies in particular. Hey Latinos. Uh, Chinese. Japanese. Whatever the case may be. We need to dismantle this ideal version of a woman. And I noticed that it comes mostly from romance novels. So these things do shape our culture and for for better or worse that idea of the perfect woman being as such as I described rather harshly uh to make its point because I really like Daphne I don't like dislike the character I actually like her quite a bit um is that there are other ideas of beauty that this continues to be the prolific archetype when you know on pornhub.com it's all about the ass and the tits particularly the ass so moving on from that very quickly uh frederick intends to make his marriage proposal developing genuine feelings for her ooh la la so she gets to have her cake and eat it too When she realizes his intention she bails to the garden and is is approached by none other than Simon who wants to say goodbye because he's decided to walk away from the season now that he has accomplished his goal and he also doesn't want to watch Daphne marry Frederick or their courtship because it's kind of hurting his feelings and then amid an actual maze chasing which was filmed rather nicely even if it was (laughs) i couldn't help but think of that um that video with madonna that take a bow (laughs) when she's just in the maze i'm like why the fuck you going in there in the first place but he finds her and they they finally kiss passionately it's supposed to be a representation of course the maze they're chasing each other their feelings they can't run away from them but then anthony witnesses it all and says well you need to marry my sister because you have deflowered her honor by kissing her kissing her that's all it took to have your whole entire self be judged because you must be pure as snow on your wedding night which is absolutely stupid because no one should go into that shit on a cold transfer (laughs) And as someone who grew up um, reading these books and made it my actual guide instead of sex ed to exactly how it was going to be when my maidenhood was taken from me, I felt betrayed. And I'm sure they're going to make it all beautiful in the show too when they finally have their wedding night. Because me not having children and me putting my dick in you are two separate things. However... (laughs) that shit is not cute the first time at all i don't care it hurts i didn't like it the second time was much better but the first time i don't know what could be done differently but i know i did set myself up for a lot of what they was trying to teach me in these books and it's bullshit absolute bullshit moving on though simon says that he is not going to marry her and friends then have to go do a duel for her honor but it is averted because her rival cresetta or cresita saw the whole thing go down and she is about to gossip it all over town so y'all can go ahead and fight all you want to but my reputation is still gonna be dismantled so simon has to marry her which she really wanted in the first place this feels a little conniving they make it feel better by the fact that they have genuine feelings for each other but the whole thing is rather uh eschewed, so I'll just gloss over that but he tells her I cannot give you children woman because I made a deathbed vow and I mean to keep that shit and she accepts these conditions because she figures once I got a ring on it then we can worry about the rest and that is that is a little bit on the (laughs) i mean a woman had what she had though i I can't that's why i'm just like hey if you set up the rules uh the society is set up in a way that this is what you got to get to get what you got to get and it is gonna work out because he at least gonna treat you right and do you right even if you may not have his heart right now you clearly got his lust i mean i can't blame her for shooting her motherfucking shot in other news penelope her friendly intentions to help marina escape being married off to any old man that is presented in front of her because lady featherton we find out a little bit is a desperate but also this girl is pregnant and eventually she gonna start to show and she needs to get married asap and when she is continuously presented with these old men that will or are in need of an heir and won't ask as many questions about how the hell they did bring that baby into the world <laughs> because I think it is a little bit of a failure too on the male's part if they cannot produce an heir. There's those who will not and that's kind of like what? You can't do that. That's a failed duty and then there's those who fail and do not do that and they're kind of shamed for for not fulfilling their duty. And um, things take a better turn, though, for Penelope when Colin ends up coming to Marino's rescue, saving the day, clearly still smitten with her own very beloved. Eloise is happy for her bro, but this causes the two women to fight, and Eloise decides that she is going to find the real Lady Whistledown. Anthony and Saina... Oh my God, who the hell... i honestly don't know if it's sienna or sienna i just don't like him i again he's in love with her but he callously tossed her aside and yes i guess i can believe of once the duke uh, showed his attentions or she wanted to move on and didn't take him back and wanted to be treated with respect he realized oh you were everything I ever wanted and then some and is even trying to use this duel as a reason for them to run off together and just be him and her but is this this fantasy of him wanting 80 that he can marry for just the affections of a woman something he's trying to escape to I'm not sure but he just comes off as an arrogant prick half the time and I just I'm not with him which is sad because he does have one of my better liked stories out of the the siblings but we shall see maybe he will grow on me we still have six additional episodes I believe or maybe four I don't know I don't know if this is eight or ten but um he is he is put back though once the duel is off so what happens after that we will see and then lady featherton finally finds out that they are in serious debt due to her husband's gambling and that's sad because he took all of that their girls um their their dowries what they are supposed to have to present a husband so now the girls who weren't catching any eyes anyway can't even be married off because they'll be considered poor and I mean that's a whole other discussion on society and then she has no say in it her husband can gamble away everything that doesn't belong to him because nothing belongs to her and now they're even even more desperate situation of marina being the one to marry and marry well because now she's going to need to save the family from poverty and marrying colin despite the fact that penelope has a thing for him would be the best thing for their situation so they're dealing with real people's problems which i find why i find their storylines be a little bit more uh appeasing to watch sometimes and also the only other black woman (laughs) marina i like her character she's going through a lot of shit but she's trying to make the best of her situation she's also got a broken heart she feels she's betrayed um you know lady featherton did her job and did it well and that's kind of it's sad because she really did have faith but she also still really hasn't heard from her love so we shall see um how that plays out in the future is penelope going to be able to allow colin to marry her despite his feelings because that would help the entire family so those are my thoughts on the episode if i guess anything else to say i guess i will uh jump on it in the feedback so let's do what i do
1: What up, Stina? It's Mimi, sending in feedback for Bridgerton, Season 1, Episode 4. We are halfway through. I sent you a message at like 7 o'clock saying I am going to send my feedback, and sorry, it's an hour late, but I literally just watched uh, Prodigal Son. It came back, um, and it was on my DVR. Um, I'm not sure the direction they're going, but it seems like they're going to stick to the same kind of formula, little bit more sadistic so I think you should watch it and then let me know what you think so on to Bridgington now this episode I, I swear I was like what the hell is happening like how are they gonna make this whole Simon Daphne thing go So we got to see her with the prince and I'm thinking this whole time she better pick the prince. Like I get you have feelings for Simon, but seriously, who picks a duke over a prince? Nobody. And it seems as though the prince wants the same things as her, you know, family. He wants to live in London, so she'll be by her family. He's a prince. He's a prince. And he seems genuinely nice. Like I said, they both bland as hell like some unseasoned chicken some mayonnaise, but I mean they're not like their their conversations seem decent and he seems to be, you know, enthralled with her. So I feel like that would make the most sense so i you know at the beginning of this even when she saw hastings and she was trying to make him jealous i'm like this bitch better pick that prince so i'm thinking that's what we're gonna head to and then we get the end like when i saw him and her in the garden i was like okay i'm gonna need y'all to not do this because this all started because you were in a unwitnessed area with two men so now you're gonna not only be with simon you know the duke of hastings but you're gonna be making out with him and like i can tell that you know since he explained touching herself to her she's been doing that shit all night and she'd be having fantasies and whatnot and i get it the man is fine but for her to be uh, to literally go follow like let him like make out with her and then she threw her leg up i was like oh my god what is i knew someone was gonna see that like oh jesus lord where is this gonna go and then (laughs) it was oh god it was so i was so embarrassed like this is awful out of all the people antono dumbass is the one that catches catches them and then he instantly wants to duel and then, like, we find out that dueling isn't even legal. So not only, like, either your options are either you kill Simon and you got to flee the country or flee London and never be seen from again, which he probably was all about anyway, because he clearly doesn't want to be there. Um, or he kills you. Like, seriously, there couldn't be anything else that you guys could come up with that could have been you know you need to restore her um purity I don't know what they call it but I just feel like (laughs) either you die I die because and if if I kill you I gotta I gotta leave like that it gotta be a better option who who picks he and he loves dueling people he said that to the other guy like dude you suck Anton gets on my goddamn nerve, um and then it looked like when they were dueling that um Simon wasn't even gonna shoot him he was just gonna let him be shot so he was gonna let uh old dude kill him which means he would have had to like the flea and then you know he probably would have took his opera singer with him which sounds like that's what he wanted to do from job so just the whole thing just I can't wait to get to the next episode because I'm like what the hell and then he said I can't give you kids and I'm thinking like did they do surgeries back then like that could you know I know they they clip them now but it doesn't like that surgery is relatively new I don't know how new I don't even know like the actual years or the date to which this is set in but it just seems like that's not something that they did so is he saying I can't give you kids because he knows he can't have children like he tried or if he like I will not give you kids and if that's the case how you gonna stop it anyway but her saying it's fine everything's fixed he's he's gonna marry me like bitch you (laughs) you gonna just bully this man into marrying you I hate you Daphne don't get me wrong it's kind of a boss move. But still, like the way he looked at her, <laughs> she was like, This motherfucker ain't got no choice. You gon you ain't gonna dishonor me and not marry me. We get married. We get married. The end. Like that was pretty funny. Um, the other thing I wanna talk about is the Bridgington the second brother, um, the artist. I don't know why I can't remember his name. I know Shy remembered, but I for the life of me can't. Um he and that painter i don't know why but i was getting like a sexual vibe from them like they just they were coming across like they were feeling each other and then i got the impression that that whole painter community was like a free love type of area i don't know why maybe that's just me (laughs) but that's the vibe i got from them um the other thing I want to talk about is I really, really was surprised, like a good surprise that um, they brought up race in this show, because I swear, I like I was just under the impression that they were just going to gloss over it and pretend like it didn't exist like they do in the flash. Like, like we see that some of these people are black. We see some of these people are white, but we're going to pretend like that's not a thing. It bothers me sometimes when we're watching The Flash, but I've come to terms with that that's not the kind of show they're going to do. Sometimes they be saying some real black stuff and they be putting our black food in the show now, so maybe things will change, but I've realized that a lot of shows don't want to do that, unless it's a show by a black person, so I should have known that Shonda might throw that in there I wasn't anticipating it the way that it was like you know the queens black and her falling in love with the king is the reason that now we're dukes and lords and ladies I was like okay I I love this and I hope we get more of it um and I love Lady Danbury I really do and I personally this is my theory I'm starting to think maybe she's lady whistle down because like just like why can't I remember that girl Elise yeah it's Elise like when she was like it's the servant I'm like bitch like first of all they servants do notice shit because people be acting like servants are invisible so I could see them hearing stuff and knowing things but like who would have like how would they have the money to make prints and stuff like that like you have to print the stuff and then sell it like maybe L- lady whistledown is making money now writing her stuff but when she first came out nobody knew who it was who, who was gonna pay and I my my assumption is is that i don't know when printing became a thing but even if they you know if they didn't have print like the ability to pay for printing they would have to handwrite all of those copies who has time for that and the way her that servant laughed at her i was dying like yes drag her please drag her some more that whole scene was hilarious she was like now get out <laughs> i was like yes thank you that's what her raggedy behind deserves um but like i said i think lady lady danbury is lady whistle down only because she sees everything and what else is she doing and she is very opinionated and maybe since we know race is the thing maybe she feels like some of them might not fare well knowing that there's a black lady that has an opinion of them and she's dragging some of them so she goes under the pseudonym lady whistle down but i'm sure we'll find out soon enough there's only eight episodes and we're already halfway through my final point is I noticed all of the time whenever they were at these balls or whatever that um the girls had something like it looked like a piece of paper on their wrists, but I never really paid attention but then when the prince asked Daphne if she had room on her dance card for him I was like what the fuck A dance card damn there is a lot of stuff about this time that I don't know and I'm very intrigued and I'm interested in (laughs) and very interested in finding out side note the guy who plays um Simon Hastings I heard an interview um from him and (laughs) he is so like the way he talks and like enunciate and like the way he like moves his mouth when he talks is so unattractive He does not sound like the character he plays and i'm gonna bet my life that he's not as attractive in real life as he is on this show because that interview really turned me off if you're interested shy or christina please message me on twitter and i will or instagram and i will forward it to you because he sounded so damn lame like his voice mannerisms like oh my god what a freaking dork (laughs) (laughs) this <laughs> is not even a cute oh and side note um we knew that um was her feather featherton featherton i think is the family that's uh the other family the weird dorky girls and then the chubby one i can't remember her name but her they don't have no diaries I don't know what that means. I don't know if, if someone'll even take a daughter if they don't have any money like that or if that means that the father is more in debt to the husband. I'm not sure. But I'm sure hoping that they go into what a diary is and why it's needed and what happens if the kid the girls don't have one. But I do like the this the scene when she confronted her husband, um, it made me like her because he did try and play her at the ball talking about some don't embarrass me or if you think it embarrass me again don't and then he like flipped away to the other side and started crying talking about I failed everyone yes she did and she's about to get and I'm sure she's about to handle it because she just seems like a boss bitch like that like I said I don't agree with the letter she did for Miranda but she wasn't wrong and I feel like she made her see real li- real life even if he comes back with you you're gonna be like before you get, see him you're gonna be pregnant then have a baby and be by yourself and homeless so yeah um yeah i'll end it here i'm sure there's more i forgot but um i'm sad that this show's almost over but i'm like loving it so i'm glad we decided to do it so can't wait to hear your thoughts. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and Black Girl Magic. Queen of the Couch, Mimi, out. La Mia is getting interested in her history,
0: girl. The shit you will learn. <laughs> yes, they had dance cards. They had them with little pencils, and when a man wanted to dance with you, they would pin themselves on your dance floor, a dance card, and that's how you were were given dances in a in a ballroom. And then if your dance card was empty, you were considered a failure and a wallflower. That's what they call the people who do not get any any attention. And then you had other things like you wanted to request the supper ball. You couldn't dance twice with a man. If you dance twice with a man, that means that your intentions are serious and you're one step away from marrying because a third dance means confirmation you're pretty much engaged so many things about this time period that are fucking ritualistic. <laughs> um you had me laughing my ass off when you was like what does he mean he ain't gonna give her no children you was talking about circumcisions <laughs> I was like so, oh you've been talking about you i i was thinking you're talking about circumcisions or you were talking about um You probably weren't talking about circumstances actually i think i that just came to my mind but you may have been talking about um when they get their balls snipped (laughs) you know um vasectomies yes that's what they're called no he ain't talking about no damn vasectomy his pullout game is real that's what they did the pullout method and that's why she banking on that shit. like oh okay the pullout method you plan on not giving me kids we'll see how long that works she rolled the damn dice and (laughs) she gambled on her chances and you know she gonna win because he already got his feelings attached how he gonna just pull out that's gonna get harder and harder until she get the the one night he come in extra drunk and that's all it takes all it takes to get knocked up so um i will say that yes when there are black showrunners black directors black whatever that that's when the show does tend to introduce those things so yeah i know what you mean about the flash it wasn't it was yeah something you had to get over but i think now with eric wallace it's something that they are clearly acknowledging i mean they did it with um oh i'm forgetting his name already Chester they did it with Chester's character I mean they were hitting on some pretty heavy notes about being a black man that was it was was not that subtle that you wouldn't clearly seen he was talking about his race and I expect and the showrunner has even stated that more realistic shit is going to be starting to introduce in television now because that's on that's on the rise um rookie Is dealing with that right now. If you're a fan of what's his name, because he was in Legends of Tomorrow, uh, of the Adam character, he's in rookie blue right now, or is it just the rookie? I think it's just the rookie playing a racist cop. It's so, um, (laughs) such a a big change from where he's been at the last five years. He really wants his adult, um, career back. but yeah i do think that's it's a topic of and it will continue to be especially for black showrunners to start introducing and it does take that to start getting the the very uh, the clear thing going around is that we weren't just ghost people we didn't not exist yeah sure we may not have been aristocracy but there's not to say that there were not successful black people even in not London they may have started in London and they moved out actually Liverpool was the um was one of the most successful black ports closest to London so there were communities that settled black communities and it came from this type of time period because the georgians the regency i think i said that last episode they their every one of their servants were black that was kind of like the commodity like oh we have these very exotic black people and what they would do is to work in their household they couldn't be ignorant so they would have them educated they would bring them out as their i mean they, they thought they were still their toys mind you <laughs> it wasn't a conducive thing for society however when those black people then grew up they had that education they had the tools they made connections that were able to get them successful out of their poverty situation in which they were put into so they turn their tragedy into success like many Americans black Americans have had to do since they have been born on this soil that is the the continuous journey so I I really think that her pointing out that yeah there are black people around that they're also related there are many that went to the carol the the caribbeans or to the islands and they had children and even if they didn't marry the mothers they there were a lot more that did take care of their children at least give them the bare benefit there were those that that did not acknowledge the children and just let bastardy take over or they just provided for them financially but that was about it there's a lot of complications and it is what I'm trying to say. And it's not as if we ourselves, the black community, were emitted from this whole entire society. We just don't talk about it. Because mainly, like I was mentioned at the beginning in this podcast, you have so much media. And the one thing is Harlequin Romances, where we are somehow absent. And if you're growing up like like look how many people like this show so there are a lot of women out there and men i'm not going to toss you guys out but that they grew up with these types of uh, ideas of romance and see the profound effect they've had and the reason why we don't see ourselves there is because we did not write ourselves those narratives which is why we, we, we should do so um and it's about time we started taking white men from black or from white women we should just do it (laughs) there's a lot of reasons in which there was an article um that came out i probably not gonna remember to put it in the show notes whatsoever because i gotta check on these kids in a minute because it's five of a man five all under 11 (laughs) the youngest being two years old uh I don't know why I do these things to myself but there is this article about why black women should start to date out and not just white men outside of their race because that is something that black women don't do as much and it would do just it's an interesting article I'll just say that because I can't quote it and I don't want to misquote it (laughs) uh I don't know about the artist the, i don't know what the artist brother's name is either um but i will say i'm lukewarm on this storyline very very lukewarm <laughs> are they gonna turn this particular bridgerton gay i don't know there are no gay bridgertons in the novel i will just spoil that ha 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 but come on girl <laughs> this is based on a julian quinn series so uh she gonna slap me too because she to be like that was still a spoiler i'm like i don't know your definition of spoiler mimi if it's public knowledge i don't, i mean like i'm not giving you deep deep details i'm just like there are no gay characters in harley can roll my novels period that's just not a thing um because mainly because back then if you were gay you were it was a crime so you would go to jail. <laughs> Oh, they didn't think that shit was cute like oh we love each other so much we can't be busted by the law otherwise one of us will be sent overseas into <laughs> indentured servitude that shit ain't cute i guess they did it with black sales though they did pull, pull that off that was a very successful story of exactly how that would go down which is why you don't romantically talk about because it. <laughs> it ended terribly and made an absolute villain and then dowries yes that's the money that is set aside for women to bring to a marriage so you can't bring nothing to a marriage because god forbid love is all you need to marry each other marriage was a business like any other business and with when you're entering a business agreement you need to come with your your part of the investment and um however much your investment is is how much a man will buy into it so if you are that's why many americans when they became heiresses through the slave market and other things too because you know america was booming back then from anything from fur to tea to whatever can be stolen from the native americans and given profit overseas and then once that happened (laughs) those american heiresses they did not want to sit and marry the backwater people or some of them did the nickel bop knicker box boxers boxers i think (laughs) one or the other those who became the wealthy in america the big you know the you know that class of people and then you had the other ones that were like well i kind of want to go back and marry into the aristocracy kind of gain power back in britain as well plus you know a lot of americans at first were britons and so those american heiresses would go back overseas and then uh, marry into rich Titles, because the titles were bankrupt, and the Americans had money. Many people with titles did not have any cash flow, and then if women had to put up money so that the wealthy titled man can marry them, if he didn't have shit, well, there went that. So that's the whole spiel about dowries and why it's so important. Um, because this family, those girls, her daughters in particular, it was like their life savings, the money you put aside for them. He he decided to spend it, and now they have no chance of being married and no chance of having any security in their own future and many people went to poverty and if you're a woman and you were in poverty that's why i was laughing at that skid row um representation like many people at this point in time just were on fucking whiskey or laudanum, which is like i think liquid heroin (laughs) if you were a woman at this time you were heavily drugged because your life just sucked So, uh, with that very um, numbing bit of reality, (laughs) let's get into the feedback
2: for Queen Shy. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am back to talk about Bridgerton Episode 4. I just got through watching it and I wanted to go ahead and give my feedback while it was fresh in my mind because, per usual, I did not take any notes. This episode was okay. It wasn't horrible, it wasn't great, it was just okay. I will say it dragged for me most. a lot of the time. I found myself kind of, you know, being distracted by other things, specifically my phone, looking at stuff on my phone. So yeah, uh, in certain spots, because if certain scenes weren't interesting, or i didn't care so i my mind would drift away so but it wasn't on the level of doom patrol my eyes were glazed over i wasn't you know checking to see how much time was left so that's good but at the same time i wasn't uh fully fully engaged into the episode of course this is one of those shows unlike the the expanse of westworld where It doesn't require my utmost attention, my, you know, focus. So I wasn't in dire (laughs) need of uh, paying close attention to get what was going on. And I think because I read so many of these novels when I was younger, the plot was somewhat predictable. I mean, I really knew yeah because it does follow a certain theme just like with the uh the Featherington Featherington. i know i'm saying his name wrong just like when you know his gambling and all that stuff and then when they went to the ball he sabotaged his daughter's um opportunity to have a match and, and then he said what he said to his wife about how it might not happen and that maybe we could wait till next season so i was like yep yep they're broke because obviously, we all whoever pays attention or read these types of romantic novels know that seasons cost money. Uh, so, you got to have money to put your children. That's why I'm surprised they're even doing the seasons. Because surely he can't even afford for them to even go to these balls. But he must have been forking them out, forking out the money somehow. For that but these seasons are expensive and then getting your daughters married off is expensive so yeah anyways that was pre- again if you're used to reading these types of novels that plot line was predictable and then the course uh I'm gonna act like I don't care and Make the Duke jealous, or I'ma pretend like I've moved on because I'm so mad and I'm jealous. She's with this guy, all that stuff. I'm, it it was, <laughs> I I for me it just it was just not. I mean it was it was something. It wasn't anything that I was like ooh that kind of thing. But um, yeah. Though I mean the prince he was you know nice guy, but you know we all knew that. He wasn't the one and you know we already knew where this was going so of course the duke he it doesn't make sense his i mean he would rather die than go that then you know Go back on what he told his father. I'm like, really? Is was it that serious? He hated his father that much that he would rather die than go back on what he told his father. That's that's some next level stuff. And then you have the fact that it's not like you don't. It's like so. Uh, it's just I, I just felt it was this whole thing was a bit over the top. You you, you first you compromise her then you like nope i can't marry her and then you agree to a duel with her brother then you go to the duel and you don't even try to you know shoot it's like what it, so you just want anthony to just commit cold blood i mean obviously he didn't know i mean he saw right before he shot but you know whatever i guess he wasn't thinking that far ahead i don't know i just think that whole dual thing is um archaic anyway it's so ridiculous like really I, I mean i don't see the point in it i don't see the point in if you compromise the young lady and you don't marry her you going out to face each other at dawn and then potentially get killed how does that solve anything so now the person who compromised your sister is dead and she's still compromised and if you know they don't even know if anyone saw it at the time they didn't think anyone saw it they just thought it was between the three of them so if it's just between the three of you yes you know you punch them let's move on mean, that what what is all this other stuff nobody knew no harm no foul go back in there pretend you know do what you were doing before but instead you're gonna go out at dawn in a in a duel that no one's supposed to know about and someone's gonna end up dead and other ones on the run and so i don't know how that helps daphne in any way shape or form and I think that's dumb and I I you know and of course back I'm sure when I was younger maybe I thought this cuz I didn't think anything of it reading these novels when I was younger because I don't even remember having an opinion about it but as always when you get older and you have some life experience under your belt you see certain things in a different way and now I just see it as silly it, it does it serves no point again especially, and even if you did know that someone saw i still so she's still compromised so what are you killing the dude that compromised your sister gonna do she's still ruined she's still unmarried married she's unmarried i can't even say it she's not eligible to be married now because um, my I, my ability to speak the english language is coming to an end it's getting late and um been a long day for me had a hard week and actually all day I've been having a hard time finding my words and articulating what I uh, wanted to say Uh, people were coming at me all day looking for me to make decisions and it's like my brain just went into overload because Monday through Wednesday wasn't the best Um, in regards to work very emotionally taxing Um, and today was more busy 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 you know what 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 should we do with this what should we do this yes, decision decision so yeah my brain is just i guess ready to shut down um i was so happy when the end of the day came today and i'm so happy tomorrow's friday but that's not what we're here to discuss <laughs> but like i said this episode dragged for me this is a night is i just consider this a nice distraction uh you know something different to watch so I don't I'm not I'm not all foo-foo over it as I'm sure I would have been at another time in my life but it's a nice show uh like the and I like Daphne I mean I'm starting to like Daphne it's like her she's coming out more I'm, I'm liking I just like, you know, a little bit of spunk to her. I I said that in the last podcast, and I still mean that. Um, She's growing on me a little bit. And, um, yeah. So, that's all I got. I'm not going to drag this on. Um, I'll let others go gaga, goo-goo over this. I'm just going to say it like I see it. So... On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and black gold magic. Queen of the couch, Shy. Queen Shy said
0: it ain't uh, Doom
2: Patrol level. <laughs> that's so true, Doom Patrol.
0: You was like, I'm just watching this because I said I was gonna podcast it, but at the same time, I'm not really invested in anything that's happening. <laughs> I kind of know what you mean by that. It's the same way. Like I'm dazzled by the time period, much more so by the in the traditions and just the customs and you know thinking about the situation more so than completely whirled up in the romanticism of the situation but it's nothing at least this is meant to be what it is like that's what i like about Harlequin romances is they're not like they're not trying they're meant to be fiction purely absolutely fiction and yes as you're older now you're going to be looking at them in a different type of light now that they are kind of in a um in the format in a series and so yeah I think that I'm totally with you with a lot of things are expected I'm kind of not like and I've read these stories before so it's not like and, and all I can do is see I think the difference is when you're when you're reading them and you're a black woman anyway you're imagining yourself as Daphne you're imagining yourself as these other characters so when you put the the real version on live live action it's kind of like oh okay well I know what's going to happen but I'm not it's not me Daphne's not me anymore and so it does take a step back from the original source material and you're kind of like okay and so your mind immediately goes into analytical mode versus more of the fantastical consumption this really is and then while I was listening to you I went and found a live interview of the actor that plays Simon and oh my god Mimi you're so right (laughs) I will say I was saying he was fine all today but in the last two episodes in this one in particular I found myself I found I was losing the charm I was like okay you're good because you're playing this role like it's about you playing this uh it, it i think it's the facade more than anything it's not to say he isn't an attractive man but what was making him really attractive to me is the way he jumped off that fucking horse i was like ooh, that's that's nice um <laughs> or the way he was looking a spoon these are actions that are in itself attractive and it done by an attractive person is great but you ain't chris evans bruh uh you ain't tom hiddles you can't go off screen and you still have that same charm and that's where yeah he he ain't got that he ain't got it at all (laughs) if he should type hey good for you ain't mine but i thought that was funny and uh what else did you say about him chasing her yeah that was stupid um i don't think i have much more to say i I pretty much agreed with mostly everything you were saying or talking about i didn't forget to mention prodigal son does come uh does is back on and i i will check it out but i'm not podcasting it (laughs) i have no desire to do so on that show um i might give it a few more episodes but I w- i'll see i might get bored later on tonight and just decide to watch it but what else um did i miss anything from both feedbacks i don't think so uh i feel like i, di- I there's a question i didn't answer or i wanted to make a comment on but I had to pause and deal with the situation out there, and now I can't remember. <laughs> so, if there is a question, you know where to find me always. So, if you want to join in on the conversation, blackrocouch at gmail.com, or you can comment on this podcast. Uh, you can send it in written or audio format. My social media will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. If you have time, go over to iTunes, rate the podcast. You can find Black Girl Couch reviews on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and Black Girl Magic.